Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where our spirit gets fed, where our faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. Overcomer. We're glad you joined us today. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with. There are answers, uh, and you want to start with your faith there. Even when you don't have a clue what the answer could be, you know God knows. And so if you trust His love for you and His commitment to you, then you are confident He will show you what you need to see. He'll give you what you need to overcome whatever challenges are facing you today. And uh, His will is always victory. Don't let anybody tell you any differently. His will is always victory. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for utterance and anointing today, thanking you that you have made us overcomers. It's who we are. It's what we are. Reveal to us further what this is, who we are, what we are, what this life of victorious faith is is and supposed to be and look like and sound like and and we give ourselves to you and we yield ourselves to your word and your spirit thank you for answers thank you for results in Jesus name amen, amen. look please in our great textbook the bible to hebrews the third chapter again we've been on a series for some time now uh, I guess this is our second week, I should say it like that, that we're calling um, Overcoming Unbelief. And we see in numerous places, but so clearly here in Hebrews 3 and verse 12, he's cautioning us, the Spirit of God is, and says, Take heed, brethren. So that's, that's to believers. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Can a Christian yield to unbelief? Oh yeah, sure you can. You can, uh, as you look at the great examples of faith throughout the Word of God, the Bible doesn't hide their blemishes, (laughs) doesn't cover their mistakes. It tells you about them. Uh, A couple of the greatest examples of faith we have are Abraham and Sarah. And uh, they believed God for things that just were, prior to that, never heard about and never seen. And and we were talking about this some yesterday, believed God for redemption, believed God without realizing what all they were believing for, for the resurrection. But you know, when... uh, Um, the Lord told Abram that this is before they had Isaac and all that, told him that he was going to have a son by Sarah. 
he laughed right out loud <laughs> and, and brought up Ishmael to God and said, you know, may, let Ishmael live before you. That didn't seem real to him. It didn't seem like that could happen. He laughed at what the Lord told him in unbelief. People said, I thought it was Sarah laughed. Well, you're talking about later. <laughs> she laughed too. When the angels came and, and uh, Abram was hospitable to them and, and uh, the Lord said uh, he was going to come visit them and about you know, the time of life that's long enough to conceive and have a child, Sarah was going to have a son. Well, she was listening in the tent at not too much distance away, I suppose, and, and she thought that was funny. She's, uh, you know, 90 years old practically, and, and he's almost 10 years older than her, and uh, she just erupted inside. Now, she didn't do it out loud. She laughed inside herself. But, you know, God hears things. Yeah. <laughs> he, he hears what goes on inside you. And he said, uh, why did Sarah laugh at that? So then she speaks to him and goes, oh, I didn't laugh. And I think maybe she's being technical, you know, because <laughs> didn't laugh out loud where they could hear it. He said, nah, you laughed. And yet, both Abraham and Sarah have their own verses in Hebrews 11 about faith and trust in God. What, what does that mean? It means you can start rough and wind up strong. You can start weak, you can, you can start in unbelief, but with God's help and grace, you can get it together, you can quit your laughing, you can quit your doubting, you can get serious and believe God and have a miracle. Amen. That's what it means. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Never give up. Never, you know, don't think, and see the enemy does this all the time. You know, he will, uh, like we're talking uh, was it yesterday or the day before, about how that he'll bring a thought to you, the devil will, then he'll come around on the other side and, and accuse you for thinking it. Uh, won't you be glad when he's removed, when he's, he is the enemy. But uh, uh, he will tempt you to doubt. He will pressure you to fear. And then if you yield to it, then he will come from the other side and go, you know, what's wrong with you? These other people can believe God. Why can't you? <laughs> and why are you still fooling with this? And why are you still dealing with this? Condemnation is one of the worst enemies faith has. Condemnation will absolutely destroy your confidence, which is another word for faith. So you cannot have this. And trust God and get miracles. That's why the enemy is always trying to get some kind of you beating up on yourself, uh, against yourself, doubting yourself, questioning yourself, magnifying. Let's say you did laugh. Let's say you did doubt. Well, the enemy then, he's the one tempted you to do it, but then he'll replay it for you a thousand times. He'll show you laughing. Say, so look at you, laughing at God. Look at you, laughing at God. Look at you, laughing at God. Oh, he'll play it 10,000 times if you listen. We're not smart if we listen. But what you got to do is say, hey, the best have stumbled. 
Right? Abraham, Sarah, Peter. I mean, Peter is one of the top apostles in the church. Right? He got off to a rough start. Is that right? Out there denying the Lord, you know. But he recovered. He overcame it. He received the forgiveness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He received the strength and believed he didn't have to stay there in the failure. He could move past it. He could learn from it. He could overcome it. And the thing that had been his weakness could become a testimony that would help others. Do you believe it, child of God? We need to act on that right now. Everybody said out loud, Father God, thank you that you are long-suffering, that you are very patient, that you are very merciful. You've had mercy on the patriarchs, on the apostles, the prophets. When they failed, you forgave them. You restored them. You used them anyway. You brought them up to high places after that. And if you do it for them, you'll do it for me. Thank you for helping me to overcome unbelief, doubt, fear, depression, mistakes. I receive forgiveness. I receive cleansing and washing and righteousness restored. Thank you for making me strong for your service, making me useful for your purposes and your plan in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are born of God. You are an Overcome it. Isn't that what we confess? One of our things, I learned how to be an overcomer. And this is one of the things you got to learn about being an overcomer is that just because you felt, you failed, you failed, that's not the end. That's not the end. Abram should have known better. Sarah should have known better. They both messed up on that. But There had to be a point where they quit laughing. (laughs) Is that right? Or else we wouldn't be talking about this. There had to be a point where Abraham, you know, he he caught himself and said, Ooh, I shouldn't have done that. (laughs) You know, that that was disrespectful. What was I thinking? God, forgive me. And he got that pushed, he got that unbelief out. Come on, can you see that? There had to be a point where Sarah thought, ooh, I, I got caught. <laughs> I should not have thought that. I shouldn't have felt that way. I shouldn't have acted that way. She, she repented. He repented. Repent means to change. Yes. They made a change. They made an adjustment. They quit doubting. They quit asking unbelieving questions. They quit laughing and making fun of things they didn't understand. They got in the faith with both feet. Hallelujah. They got in with their whole heart. Next thing you know, she's pregnant. Whoo. Next thing you know, Isaac is born. Hallelujah. Nobody thought this could happen. To a hundred year old? 
And a 90-year-old, nobody thought this could happen. But God's the God who does things nobody thinks possible. Come on, say it out loud. All things things are possible possible. with God God. and with those that believe. believe. And I'm a believer, believer. not a doubter. doubter. I have faith faith. and my faith works. works. (laughs) Well, that was worth you coming to class for, just, just right there. But there's more. There's more. The scripture said, take heed, verse 12, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Verse 18, to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. That's what kept them out. Not the giants, not the walled cities, not their smallness or weakness or any of that. Because God was bigger than all that. It was unbelief that kept them out. Now, this was not written in chapter and verse. So really the very next verse is continuing with the flow of thought. Chapter 4 and 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. See, he's not just giving us history lessons. He's saying what happened to them can happen to you. But it doesn't have to. And he's cautioned. He says don't let it happen to you. They were denied. Uh, They were deprived. They were robbed. Of what they should have had. You know. uh, This paints such a graphic picture. Can you imagine. Five years into this. Ten years into this. Twenty years. Thirty-five years. Forty years into this. Living in where there's no vegetation, there's just getting enough water to survive every day is a challenge. Having enough to eat just to survive, nothing to enjoy, it's always way too hot or it's way too cold, it's uncomfortable, and this is taking a toll on you physically and mentally and so I can, I can know from reading the other accounts up to this and after this, they were bitter. But it's their own fault. Class, are y'all away? They blamed Moses. They brought it up to him over and over. They said, you didn't bring us into the promised land. We're not in a place that flows with milk and honey. You didn't do what you said you were going to do. Well... He couldn't. They wouldn't work with him. They wouldn't work with God. Why am I saying that? There are many, many people today. They're believers. But they are living an unhappy life. The Bible said, the the psalmist said, the rebellious will dwell in a dry land. That's what they were. That's what they did. Notice he kept saying, today... If you will hear his voice. Today. If you'll listen to him. Today. If you will listen to him. And not harden your heart. But. That's what unbelief does. Unbelief. One of the characteristics of unbelief. Is it blames other people. 
It won't take responsibility for its own situation. And so that's why it couldn't be corrected decade after decade after decade. If you won't admit you've done anything wrong, there's nothing to fix. You're stuck. Can you see that? A refusal to listen to him, a refusal to repent, a refusal to change. There were no other options but to die young and wrong out there in the desert. Except for, anybody know the rest of that sentence? Joshua (laughs) and Caleb, they were out there too. They were out there too. Sometimes other people's unbelief can affect you, can hold things up, can interfere, can hinder with things if it affects more than just you. But it can't prevent your miracle. I said it can't. If you won't quit, if you won't give up, you may have to deal with some things, but it can't stop God doing for you what he told you he would do for you. But it'll take some staying power. Is that right? Forty years? What, what, What happened with them? They didn't get bitter. They didn't give up. You remember Caleb made that speech after the last of that generation died in the desert. Now they're back up to the border of Canaan land again. Time to go in. He made that speech. He said, today I'm 85 years old. He said, I want you to know I'm as good a man to fight now (laughs) as I was 40 years ago. Boy, that's saying something. So we know one thing he's been doing, training. (laughs) Staying in shape, getting ready to go. And of course, God had to help him with that or it wouldn't have done any good. But he said, he said, you remember Joshua? Uh, Moses said that you and I are going into the promised land. And he said, here we are and I'm ready to go. And so give me that mountain. The mountain he's talking about was the giant mountain where the giants were. How do you have excitement, strength like that after 40 years? Well, see, he's doing something different from what they're doing. He's thinking differently. He's talking about different things. He's focused on different things. And they're focused on we're all going to die out here. And so they did. He's focused on we're going in the promised land. And so he did. Could it be that simple? Where are you going? (laughs) Come on, class. Where are you? You going down? You staying down? Hmm? Your best days behind you? So you can believe that if you want to. You can look back longingly going, about the good old days. I just, I wish it was like it was back then because I was, I was so happy. And yeah, and you're romanticizing the whole thing too because you begin to examine some of these good old days. A lot of it wasn't so good. <laughs> there was stuff going on then too. But with God, the plan is always increasing greater and the path is always brighter and brighter until the full day's sun and the truth is if you're a believer your best days are in front of you always even when you get to the end of this life and you breathe your last then it's really taken off 
Is that right? My best, come on, say that loud, my best days, my, my best times, my, my greatest experiences are before me, in front of me. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? Then unbelief won't rob you. You can hold on to it. See, he, he's applying this directly to us when he says, verse, chapter 4, verse 1, let us therefore... They couldn't enter in because of unbelief. That's they. That's them. Then the very next phrase says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Is there a Canaan's land for us today? Oh, glory to God. And it's actually better than what they're talking about. It is. We got a better covenant established upon better promises. We got a better mediator in Christ. And so we didn't lose anything by the coming of Jesus. We got more. What'd they have? Man, they had uh, houses, lands, vineyards, flocks, gold, silver, healing, longevity. Did we lose any of that by the coming of Jesus? If we did, then in that regard, it's not a better covenant. But if it's better in every way, we didn't lose anything. We just gained. Right? If I hold up a $50 bill, I hold up a $100 bill, I say, which one's better? You should not have to think about that at all. Somebody said, well, the 50 could be. No, 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 dear. The 100's better. Why? It's got the 50 in it. Plus. And our covenant's better. Because we got everything. Hallelujah. We got everything. Are you kidding? We didn't lose anything. We got everything they had plus. Plus. We got the Spirit of God inside us. 24-7 plus. We got the name and the authority of Jesus. Plus, plus, plus. We got the Holy Spirit living in us and on us. All of us. No, we didn't lose But he said, let us fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, which includes all these things we're talking about, our promised land, lest any of you should seem to come short of it. He's talking to believers. Verse 2, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Now we spent quite a bit of time on this a week or so ago in the broadcast. Talking about, when we're talking about that we're overcomers, we looked in Romans 10, it says, who has believed our report, quoting from Isaiah, who has believed our report? And he said, they've not all believed our report. And then uh, Romans 10, 17 actually says, so then faith comes by a report, by hearing a report, and the report by what God has said. There's emphasis on that word report. They heard the gospel, it said. What, what gospel did they hear? See, there's a narrow idea of the gospel. The way some people believe, they would think they couldn't have heard the gospel back in Numbers 13 and 14. Those people couldn't have. The Bible said they did. And the Bible said Abraham heard the gospel. What does gospel mean? It means the good report The good news. Well, what was the good news to them? It began by God saying, 
sending Moses and Aaron saying, I've heard your prayers. I've seen your pain. I've seen your groaning. I'm getting you out of here. Is that good news or is that good news? When you and your forefathers for 400 years have been in slavery to these, these people, and God says, I'm getting you out. They're going to say no, but they're going to do it. <laughs> they're going to say, Pharaoh's going to say, no, no, I'm not going to let you go. But he's going to let you go. I'm going to see to it. That's good news. But they, they got a rocky start on that. At one point before it all even happened, uh, you know, the taskmasters took away their straw and made them produce the same amount of bricks. And, and so they were, uh, they were upset with Moses and Aaron and said, didn't we tell you, leave us alone? And they are not embracing the good news that we're coming out of here. Can you see there was a struggle even from the beginning? And that every juncture, when they got to the Red Sea, they, they were crying out, you know, about that. And juncture after juncture, they said, why didn't you leave us in Egypt? We're going to die out here. They didn't believe the good news, which is, I brought you out to take you in. I got you out of slavery. I got you out of bondage. I got you out of death and destruction and curse to get you into this good land. Does the good land have any application to us? Yes, all these things are tied. That's what he's talking about. The gospel was preached to them and the gospel was also preached to us. What's the gospel to us? Same thing. Deliverance, right? From death, from sin, from hell, from bondage. Deliverance. But not, that's not the end of it. He brought us out to bring us into Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Healing. Abundance. Hallelujah. I know folks don't believe it, but it's true anyway. Prosperity. Abundance. Peace. Joy. Glory to God. Fullness of joy and fullness of peace in doing His will. There's a promised land. There's a place of rest for the believer today. But you got to believe the gospel. That's what he went on to say. He said, uh, unto us the gospel was preached as well as to them, but the word preached did not profit them. Isn't that something? That something so powerful as the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation, didn't profit people? Didn't even benefit them? Why? Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. You've got to believe it. And one of the key ways you can tell you believe a good report, you get excited. Right? Yeah. We're coming out of bondage. Hallelujah. We're going to a land that flows with milk and honey. Hallelujah. Right? If you believe it, you quit crying. You quit being depressed. You quit feeling sorry for yourself. You quit being afraid and you start packing your bags. Is that right? You start getting ready to go. Do you believe it? Somebody say, I believe the good news. I believe every word of it. It's happening in my life. It's true concerning me. 
time's up. We'll see you again next time here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390. 